Recording from the Mesa Gilbert line in Arizona, here's Pawson J. Healy. On this week's episode, I interview Cassie Delaber, salon director from Maximum FX Salons in Austin, Texas. I think she gives great perspective for not being a stylist herself. I love her passion for fostering a great environment for clients and stylists, and I think you'll love this interview. Thanks for listening. Wherever podcasts are found, just search Hairdo Uncut. Thank you, thank you, thank you for making Hairdo Uncut part of your repertoire of podcasts. I am Paulson J. Healy, and I am excited about this interview, so please welcome on the podcast, Cassie Deliber. Hello, Cassie. Hi, how's it going? Wonderful. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Cassie just got off work at Maximum FX Salons, and that salon, uh, there's there's three locations, correct, out in Austin? That's right. All right. Three, because uh, the third one's the new one. You guys just got the third one put in, right? Well, we've had our domain location for over three years, but we recently moved into a brand new space, but we actually moved our South Congress location into a brand new space. Oh, so it wasn't adding a location. It was moving a location. Yes. Oh, perfect. So Maximum maximum FX Salons is in Austin, Texas, and Cassie has been kind enough. She is the salon director. Um She's a salon director there. And before we jump into anything, uh, I just want to give a little bit of background to this interview. Um, I have a great deal of respect for the owner of Maximum FX Salons, Chris Murphy. Uh, he has always been so gracious in speaking with me uh, as a young guy in the industry that I know nothing that I knew nothing about. He sat on the phone a couple times with me. He's emailed back and forth a couple times with me. Just super gracious. I reached out to him was like, Hey, I don't know if this is weird, but would, would you mind coming on the podcast? And he was like, uh, how about I see if somebody wants to do it? And then he was like, Cassie, my salon director at one of my locations would like to do that. And I was like, awesome. Perfect. And so, but with the success that he's had with them and with the, what we call team-based, uh, being a team-based salon, you know, we're going to get into that a little bit later, but he's been doing it for, you know, I think what, uh, 11 years, 12 years now, and I just have mad respect and a little bit of jealousy for it. And so um, hopefully we at Hairdo can scrape a teeny bit of success uh, that Maximum FX has enjoyed to this point, but I wanted to shout out Chris before we get going. Uh, I'm assuming you like working for him as well, Cassie. I do. Um both owners at Maximum FX, our second owner, Javier, is actually behind the chair. Um, but both of them are absolutely incredible to work for. Uh, in fact, it's actually one of the reasons that I decided to join the Maximum FX team when I was interviewing was after being, you know, shown the salons with Chris and having me introduce him to near 40 stylists to just have him know such personal things about all of his employees to tell me, Oh, this is so-and-so and they've worked here 10 years and they have two kids and this is their names and this is what they do. And just to hear that he knew so much about everybody spoke volumes to me about what it was like to work for him. And that's been very true awesome. for sure. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. So, uh, before we get into the interview, I just want to plug uh, Maximum FX uh, social media. Uh, you can find them on Instagram, Maximum underscore FX underscore Salon. 
you can search for Maximum FX in Facebook, and then their website is MaximumFX.com. Uh, so let's get in. Let's introduce Cassie a little bit, even though she's already talked a tiny bit. Um, I just want to introduce her, give her a little bit of background so that we've got a little bit of a foundation going forward. Uh, how long have you been the salon director or uh, how long have you been the salon director? And would you elaborate on your duties as the salon director? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been with Maximum FX as the salon director for about two and a half years now. Uh, as far as my duties go, I take care of a lot of general management things like salon upkeep, minor maintenance, inventory. I do scheduling and monthly goals, uh, interviews. I deal with client conflict resolution. Love it. Um, in addition to those like day-to-day -day duties, I also help with our email marketing, uh, store presentations. I assist with event planning. And, you know, above all, the most important thing that I do uh, in my job is the coaching. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and that's so awesome that um, you're able to handle all of those different duties. It's not being a salon director or a general manager is not an easy job and it's not as easy as many people think it is. <laughs> There's a lot of different hats you must wear. Yes. Sure. So what did you, you you did reference it a little bit. Um, what uh, what have you done in your career prior to this job and what makes you want to stay and keep and keep working in a salon environment? Well, you know, strangely enough, I'm not a hairstylist. I, I don't have a background in hair. My career was actually previously rooted in restaurant management. Uh, I did that for a little over five years, but my end goal there was always to switch industries before my son started school. Gotcha. Um, I had, was pregnant and had my son while I was working in the restaurant industry. So being a mom and working 12 or more hour shifts and sleeping less than five hours no working on weekends. That. Yeah. And just the complete lack of culture and employee value that comes in those environments was just never going to be long. For me, I was really unhappy doing that. And I considered it more of just a stepping stone for my career and a way to be financially stable for myself and my son, yeah. but never saw it as anything more. So when Chris reached out to me, I had put my resume on Indeed. And when he reached out to me and asked me to join him for a working interview, I thought, you know, why not? And I was honest. I was like, you know, I've never worked for a hair salon before, but <laughs> I'm open to checking it out. You know, and in the back of my mind, I was definitely really nervous about coming and interviewing, not just because I'd never done it, but because in my head, what I thought of a hair salon was, was, you know, a bunch of gossiping and catty wow. girls and hostility. And yes. <laughs> I was like, I really yes. hope it's not like that. And, yeah. you know, from what I've all learned about salons, unfortunately, a lot of them are like that. Yes. But I got really lucky when I found this one because this one was not like that at all. From, you know, the very moment I came in for that working interview, everyone was so welcoming and I was just surrounded by the most artistic and open-minded and creative people. And they're a huge reason I've been successful in my job. Uh, the best way that I've learned to describe the transition I've been through and switching industry, the food industry is just so black and white. And yeah. this industry is just so very, very gray. Um, <laughs> but my leadership is phenomenal. <laughs> help me acclimate to this industry. And I still rely really, really heavily on my team leads to help with coaching and the technical aspects of my job. Uh, uh, there's That's just one thing that, you know, not being a hairstylist, I will never be able to fully understand because I don't physically do it and never have. Yeah. Um, but I love having that. I love having a team that comes together and not just on the floor with the stylist, but a team that comes together in our leadership department as well. Yeah. No. And, and you're, and you're right. And a few things that you said, I just, I love the way you said it was that, you know, 
in this industry, generally, it's exactly how you thought it was. But it's so nice when clients and and, and stylists can find a place that that doesn't live up to the tropes and the um, the uh, the uh, uh, how do I want to say it the the commonplace culture that a salon that many salons carry. And it's it's hard to get that way, but it's it's great to be able to maintain that. And it sounds like you know not only did um, did you find a lucky job, but it sounds like they got a really great director and somebody who's not only open-minded, but somebody who is um, about, you know, embracing that, that uh, your position and uh, th- that mentality of, of working together to accomplish goals. So I think that's awesome, Cassie. Um, what do you, you've, you've named a lot of things that are, um, that you, that you like about it. What is, what is one of your favorite parts of the job that you have? My favorite is probably the most important. And that's, like I said, that's the coaching. I love helping our staff grow and blossom into professional hairstylists. Yeah. Um, there's just so much that goes into that process. There's so much emotional development that comes along with it. And to see that process happening and it's just priceless. We hire a lot, a lot of our stylists out of school. And so we invest a lot of time and energy into their careers. So there's just so much growth to witness and be part of. I feel like I'm making a difference when I'm, with what I'm doing here. Yeah. Um, no, and I, I totally agree. You know, being the general manager at Hairdo Salon and being able to um, work with some of our more senior stylists and making sure, and, and the owner making sure that uh, not only skills are up, but everybody's kind of in a good mind frame um, and working together. And for us, we're still transitioning. We're still transitioning into this team-based mindset. The, uh, the atmosphere at Hairdo was always really positive, but there's some nuances to team-based to a team-based model that is just still a little bit different. We're still transitioning, but it's, it's been amazing. If I said the last year has been amazing for us. And so I, 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 I applaud that. And I, and I, I echo that sentiment. Um, so from a, from a styling standpoint, uh, services, what is, you know, maybe the most popular or what is maximum FX known for down in, uh, down in Austin? Well, do we have a variety of things that we do we are in addition to being team-based we're also specialized so we have colorists and cutters so i'd say right now the majority of our color services are highlights and in general just helping to recreate a client's natural look by blending and or covering their grays yeah um we've definitely been doing a lot more balayage in recent years as well of course. and for cutting i mean we do it all i've definitely seen the long layers and bobs being the most prevalent right now though um we also do makeup updos keratin treatments extensions um facial waxing and then the occasional perm (laughs) (laughs) i you know what and and it's funny do does everybody i know that we've got a you know do you have like a perm specialist or does that you know is it like a handful of people that do perms there are a handful of people. <laughs> She's gonna they... laugh so hard if she hears this. <laughs> she, I don't, I wouldn't say she wants to be the perm educator right. or the perm specialist, but she totally is, just by default. I've got, you know, we have uh, most of ours are part time, but we have two stylists that do perms out of sixteen. And yeah, that sounds. Uh, we don't have very many. <laughs> well, nobody wants to do them. Even the two that do them, they're like, well, we'll do them, but I don't like it. <laughs> So yeah, they're the exactly. ones that take it for the team and everybody thinks they're a rock star. <laughs> um, 
yeah, um, absolutely. So Definitely how, the same. How is, uh, how is education in the salon conducted? How do you make sure that the stylists are not only great with their skills, but great in their customer service and their consultations? Uh, you alluded to that everybody is specialized. So um, kind of talk around that to make sure that, you know, if everybody's going to be specialized in something, you know, how do you guys uh, tackle that, uh, that education and make sure that everybody's staying up to date because it can be easy in this industry to stop and then be done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, from the beginning, we certify our stylists in everything. And when I say everything, I mean, even in hand massages and um, we give those when the clients are getting the blow dries. Okay. Um, so they spend their first one to two months in blow dry training, even though they finish school, we still put them through another month to do a blow dry training where they get certified in everything from shampoos to our stress relieving treatments. We visit chair side etiquette, which we revisit a lot in coaching sessions each month, even with our most tenured stylists. Um, they are certified in product knowledge and blow dry. Um, so they first practice on mannequins and then they move on to live models and they test out on all of their techniques before they are ever certified to take a paying client in the salon yeah now that same thing is how we tackle our cut and color training so since we are specialized they choose their route when they're hired um, because we're only hiring usually for one or the other um, but they choose their route and we have different educators in both departments that blocked out certain days of the week to do the training sure. uh, it's designed wow. to last about six to eight months once they reach their specialty training with a day a week and then they move on to two as they progress in training and are able to tackle things more independently on their models and that continued education that comes after that is huge hmm. at maximum effects the company actually pays for continued education classes for all of our stylists and we actually require them to take at least two every year uh, and then the one-on-ones that we hold every month that's just time that's blocked out it's uh, it allows uninterrupted guaranteed time with the stylist and then myself and also a team lead we use those to talk about performance and ask the stylist to bring their agenda of anything that they feel they need coaching on, anything that may have come up for them. And these are definitely never boring. I mean, we talk about everything from issues with the more technical part of the job to issues with just maintaining their happiness at work. Nothing, yes. nothing in there is off limit. Right. No. And that's, and, and, you know, that's something that's so interesting in this industry. Um, you know, cause so many, I mean, I'm sure you've heard of, maybe you've heard of the, the, uh, the light not the life expectancy, but the career expectancy of a stylist is, you know, five years. And, and so, you know, keeping that, that happiness with them so that they can have a career, not just a short term job is, is so important. And so those, those one-on-ones are, are really, really important. We've been trying to do a better job of, of doing them. We like you, you said that you, you, you guys do them once a month, right? Yes. Wow. That's really good. We're not there yet. Yeah. We're like every, we're like every other month. I mean, we do the yeah. quarter, we are religious on the quarterlies, but our monthlies are a little bit rough. Um, so uh, no, that's awesome, and uh, I I love that. And and it's again, we've talked about it. I've talked about it on this podcast. I talk about it with people all the time, especially with uh, the owner that we have at our salon, uh, Suzanne education is just so important. And I don't think some people just realize how important it is, even if it's something a little bit more rote or something that they've done a lot of times, how much they can just gleam a little bit to make their lives easier. So it's just really important. And that's, and that's awesome. You guys do that. Um, 
How have you seen, you, you've alluded to it, but I want to kind of get more specific with uh, the benefit of being a team-based salon. You're actually the first salon that I've talked to who is a team-based salon uh, on this podcast, not the first one that I've ever talked to or met. But um, how have you seen that it's been beneficial for the stylists at Maximum FX? And what's been like yeah, their so, feedback, I mean, the like culture, their feedback sure. to you? Yeah. Um, so allow me my cliche moment of the day here, please. But teamwork makes the dream work. It, it really, really <laughs> does. So when you all come together for that common purpose or goal, the result of that is so much more impactful than a bunch of individual achievements being constantly overshadowed by one another. I'd say that's the best way I could sum up what it's like to work in that environment because everyone feels like someone has their back instead of like someone's trying to stab it when they're not looking. <laughs> right, right, right. And do you seem to get, uh, cause there's a lot of, cause being in a team-based salon is still really kind of like this newer, even though it's been around for a long time and uh, shout out to Neil Dukoff for being awesome, but uh, at strategies, but he, um, but it's still a new concept in the mindset of the industry overall. Uh, and, and especially for stylists, what has the feedback been from stylists? Like, do they, how do they express it? You know, I'm sure there's older stylists that have, I mean, do you guys only hire from school or do you guys hire outside stylists to come in often? I guess. Yeah. Uh, we definitely do both. The majority is from school. Every time I do a salon tour, we have the schools that actually come in and tour the salon. My, one of my, first questions I'll ask is like, raise your hand if you know what a team-based salon is. And almost no one ever raises their hand. Right, so it's my right. first thing to explain. Yeah. Um, we do have a couple of stylists that have been with us long enough to where like years and years ago, when we transitioned from being commission to team-based, we have a couple of stylists who have been here for both of those. Mm. And so they've seen both ends. And then we've hired recently, we've hired a couple of different stylists who came from commission or booth rental environments. And they just fell in love with the idea of yep. being team-based and even more so when they were involved in it. It's again, just yep. people have your back. There's none of that like competition. It's, it's like, I can come to work and be happy. I can come to work and really enjoy being with my clients. I'm not trying to sell people things that they don't need. I'm yep. just, I'm yep. getting to be a true stylist and not have to worry about all that extra stuff that comes with it, with the industry. No. And it's totally true. Uh, one of the things that w shocked us was, um, you know, cause we were a rental slash commission salon beforehand. And when we transitioned, most of the renters left and you know, they, they were used to that and that was no problem. But the ones that have stayed on have immediately seen the benefits. So the ones who talk to the stylists who have been, who were commissioned beforehand or were assistants before, and they're like, Oh, well maybe I want to. And they're like, you just don't understand. Like it's, it's, it's really good to have all these things provided for us. And you know, you have a life when you get home, not a, I have to do hair all the time at home. So it's just, it's just a, it's just, I'm with you with the, the people who have come in, you know, you saying, Outside stylists are just like, wow, this is amazing. And the stylists here that were rental before, they're like, no, nope, this is this is this is how I can keep doing hair. Because a lot of them were like, I was feeling burnt out before we did this. So it was very very eye opening. Um, and so how do you see? It? So now we've we've talked about a little bit about how team base has kind of helped stylists or what stylists may be saying. What about how they serve the clients? And, and you did allude to a little bit of being able to have whoever needs to jump in and help out can do that, which I think benefits the, it benefits the stylist, but it also benefits the client's time. But what else have you seen from, uh, from a client standpoint where uh, they're benefiting from the team-based environment? 
Yeah, here it's it's truly about the client. And I think whereas other business models by default can kind of become based around that I, me mentality. It's just, like I said, by default, it kind of just becomes that. So this model, this team-based model, allows for a much stronger culture and a happier work environment, which is the foundation for low turnover in staff and therefore in client retention. Yeah. No, totally, totally. And um, so what do you think... Um, what do you think are a few things that people should look for in a salon or in a stylist? Like what are, what, what have you noticed in the two and a half years that you've been working in the salon industry? What, what, what would those three things be that they need to look for? I'd say number one, you should definitely look for a salon that provides continued education. That is huge in such an innovative industry. Yeah. Uh, number two, a stylist who practices active listening and ask questions back to the client. Um, and three, a salon environment that fosters good communication and mutual respect among the staff, because that's that's how we exceed our clients' expectation every time. Awesome. Awesome. Great answers. Those are great things. I hope everybody wrote those down. Um, so uh, biggest barrier for stylists. What have you noticed that are biggest barriers for clients and stylists when they first get together um, to get like a real good rhythm going or when clients first come to maximum FX salons, you know, cause a lot of people don't know what team base is. So when you, you know, for us, for example, we would, um, we would be like, Oh, Hey, so just so you know, like if she's, you know, if this stylist is busy, you can go over to this size and they're like, why are they pushing me away? We're like, no, you just have options. Right. So what have you noticed, um, that takes a while for clients and stylists to get in a, in a good groove together? Sure. Um, this is actually probably my favorite question. I'm going to answer it in a couple different ways. Awesome. Um, so for stylists, if we can separate the two stylists early on in their career, they usually encounter this problem of being able, unable, excuse me, to connect with some of their clients. And that's their words. I can't, I can't connect with a lot of them. They start seeing only how they're different versus how they're the same. So we have some stylists just now entering their 20s. So to expect them to just know how to talk to a 65-year-old woman, yeah, you know, two kids and seeing the world, that's sometimes a much larger task than you might even <laughs> imagine or even think about. Yeah. So the result of that is imbalance. They start talking either way too much about the professional side and they overwhelm a client or way too much about themselves or personal topics and not enough about the hair, that professional trust. Yes. Or they pretty much just don't talk at all, which doesn't foster <laughs> any emotional connection and leaves the client feeling disliked or unwelcome or just yes. indifferent about their experience. So it takes a lot of coaching in the beginning on that particular skill, not just with the young stylist, but with a lot of stylists. And then and the second part of that is for the client. For the client, I think it's trust. So the most common complaint we hear from, from our new clients when they first come in to see us is that their previous stylist didn't listen to them. Yep. So about that, we put a strong focus on active listening in our consultations and we make sure we ask things like, what did you like or dislike about your previous stylist? Or what do you like or dislike about your hair now? Um, what's your lifestyle like? Do you blow dry your hair? Do you air dry your hair? And that consult piece, consultation piece is so huge. It's listening for sure and deeper questions as a stylist. You could be looking at a picture that someone brought in that they said they liked, but if you don't break that down enough and ask deeper questions, you may miss that they actually liked the front piece of those bangs and how the balayage is painted in that one area, not the entire thing itself. Yes. No, that's that's spot on. And that is an 
fantastic answer, Cassie. For thank sure. you. <laughs> um, what um, you you know, and you answered the other question that I was going to ask about what clients should know going into an appointment. I, I think I think it's you know research on the salon. Are they continued education? Uh, expectations of their hair. Listening to the stylist. I think that's those are all great advice. Um, let's talk a little bit about hair care in Texas. Um, what seems to be a constant struggle among clients uh, with their hair in Texas, or does it just vary by hair type? I think in general, um, we have a lot of frizz due to humidity and the dryness <laughs> of the hair. Yeah. And I mean, we also have really hard water, at least here in Austin. So counteracting the harsh additives in our water is another kind of constant struggle. So what do you, what do you do to, uh, counteract that hard water? Well, we make sure and we educate our clients about the environmental aggressors of all types and what they do to the hair. We just try to provide the most clear and simple solution that we can and recommend um, things to the client so they can be both proactive and reactive to their hair issues. Yeah. I mean, for example, we often have to explain the difference between dry versus damaged hair because the client may be taking care of the wrong issue completely if they don't know the difference. Nope. Totally true. That's awesome. You guys are fantastic. Um, how do you stylists, uh, well, nope, you got that. Uh, why, what, so because of that, let's, let's talk about why it's important for clients to take products home. So besides the one I just answered, it's because if the client goes home with a phenomenal haircut or amazing color and they don't get properly educated on how to take care of that and style it at home, they're going to do what they know how to do. They're going to go out. They're going to go get the cheapest grocery store hair products they yep. can. They're going to take care of it however they know how to. And then when it doesn't look good, they're going to blame the cut or the color for why their hair doesn't look good. Yes. Not the products, not the air dried style on the cut that requires styling. The products are just so huge in retaining clients. They need to be able to have a style that is manageable for them day to day so they can feel just as great every day as the day that they left the salon. Otherwise, to them, the problem is always going to be our work. Yes. And, you know, just to piggyback off of that, I it's it's so funny because uh, you don't need I, I feel like a lot of clients think that they need a ton of different hair products when when they don't. They don't they don't need to have 10 products in their in their cabinet that they never use or they don't know how to use. So they just kind of go with the flow that customization to their hair, especially someplace in like Texas where, where frizz obviously is going to be an issue. It's not quite an issue here in Arizona. We're a little bit drier. So we deal with uh, dead hair. <laughs> um, yeah. but they, but if, if, if clients understood, uh, the value of, uh, a salon grade product and how to use it, it would be useful to them. But a lot of them, like you said, they get into this rote, uh, like this is how I've always taken care of my hair. Nobody's really teach me otherwise. And it's, it's fine. It's not my favorite, but you know, it's comfortable. And, uh, you know, that's why I really want to encourage any stylist that may be listening that, you know, educating Educating clients on the products that you're going to be using builds value more than you may think because if they know how to do their hair, they know how to make themselves confident in their hair and feel beautiful, then it's just it's a game changer for them on a day-to-day -day basis because you don't get to follow them. You don't yeah. get to follow them around. And I think that that's, that's trust too because you, know, you don't want to send a client home home with something that's just going to sit, like you said, and be one of those 10 products in their cabinet. I mean, you want, when they look at that product to just see hearts and rainbows and your stylist face, <laughs> you want yes. them to just have great memories and be excited to see you again because you did so good for them in their life. 
Yes, and and that was one thing that it took a long time for the stylus uh, to really um, not a long time, but it, it took it's it's taken a while for some stylists even at the salon here in, at Hairdo to really understand like. You know, if, if if somebody can have great hair and know how to do it at home, it's totally transformed their lives because then they don't just have to put it up in a ponytail or feel like, I don't know what I'm doing. And then they go to a YouTube video and the blogger who doesn't have hair like them says, do it this way, use this product. And then it's not customized to their hair. And it's just so it's just so important, not only in retaining, but in just making somebody's life a little bit easier or better. So. I am totally with that, Cassie. Great answer. You are awesome. Um, I, Thank uh, you. The, this has been an awesome little interview. I hope everybody took uh, something away from this. Uh, real quick, I want to, uh, you know, find find Maximum FX on Instagram, Maximum underscore FX underscore salon, um, and then their website, MaximumFX.com. Uh, and the show, if you want to email the show, hairdouncut at gmail.com and always follow hairdo on all different platforms, hair underscore do underscore salon. Uh, thank you so much for taking some time, Cassie. I really, really, really do appreciate it. I hope it was a positive experience for you. It was. It was great. Thank you again for having me. Anytime. All right. Have a great day. <laughs>